Welcome, everybody, to the Ride In NFL DFS podcast brought to you by Fanshare Sports. Uh, actually, today, this is going to be the Ride In XFL DFS podcast. I know I'm coming to you pretty late in the game, only a few hours till kickoff. Probably not going to get a ton of downloads because of that reason, but that's okay. Um, I didn't want to release anything too early because the depth charts just pretty much came out uh, a day or two ago. Uh, a lot of people were pontificating and speculating for the last two weeks on who's going to be, you know, the best plays of this week one season, but really nobody had any idea. Uh, and now there is a little bit more clarity as to who's going to be on the field. This isn't going to be a real long podcast. I'll run down some players that I think stuck out to me in the upper range, the middle range, the lower tier. Um, But I'm not going to act like I am some type of XFL savant. I read through some beat stuff. I, you know, just combed through depth charts. Lots of guys I know from playing college DFS. Lots of guys I know from playing preseason DFS. But this isn't going to be, um, you know as in-depth or, and I'm not going to be as certain uh, on certain plays as I am on the NFL slate, just because there isn't a ton of information. A lot of these guys are cast-offs from the NFL, and my seatbelt is not on, so you're about to hear a ding, unless I can get it buckled in time. Nope. Give me a second. I mean, that's just the logistics of a ride in DFS podcast there. You know, some people have glitches with their mics. Some people have glitches with their internet. Not me. I have glitches with the seatbelt. All right. So basically, the rules are for the most part, pretty much the same. There are some twists and turns, right? Extra points, you can have up to three points based on where you go from uh, for the conversion. There are no extra points kicking-wise, but you can go one, two, or three points based on certain distances. It's only one foot down. There are certain things that are different um, within the XFL. Uh, There's a comeback period, which is the last two minutes of each half. The play clock, I believe, is shortened, and the clock stops on nearly every play. So it just gives um, teams that are losing a a little bit more of a chance to come back in the game, like, you know, how it works in the NFL. If a team's down with no timeouts and it's under three minutes, you know, they're probably not going to get the ball back as long as the opposing team, the winning team, is smart with the play clock. That's not how it's going to work in the the XFL. We're going to see a lot of um, fantasy points scored in those last couple minutes, which is good. I think that's exciting. They're trying to make the game quicker. They're trying to make the game, um, you know, at least duration-wise, quicker, which is is a good thing. So as far as plays go, um, and, and as far as the top quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers, um, I think Cardale Jones is a very interesting play. Obviously, we know him from his tremendous run at Ohio State, that three-game stretch where he 
uh, won the national title uh, and then declared for the NFL draft. I believe he beat Oregon in the national championship after winning the Big Ten title and then having a pretty big uh, regular season finale. So, I mean, he's got some skill. He's got a big arm, so he'll be launching the ball, and they get to face, he gets to face what everyone assumes to be the worst XFL team at this point in Seattle. Um, Their roster just isn't as strong on either side of the ball. Uh, So I think Cardell Jones should have his way. Um, His receivers are, uh, it's going to be interesting, to be honest, who his uh, main targets will end up being. Um, Everybody was on Rashad Ross. If you did an XFL regular season draft, he was probably one of the top picks just because he's pretty talented. He's flashed um, in the NFL a little bit. However, there is some word coming out of D.C. that he had some trouble picking up the offense. He was a late trade to D.C., so he hasn't been with them for the entire time. So I think Eli Rogers might be a little bit safer of a play at wide receiver in that game. Uh, Elsewhere at wide receiver, obviously Sammy Coates, probably one of the more prolific uh, pass catchers in this league had some success in Pittsburgh uh, of deep threat you know he averaged like 17 or 18 yards a catch I remember um, he's one of those guys that you know hits the bombs I like him as well as far as a high-priced play um, Jeff Bidette who is uh, a member of the Dallas Renegades obviously playing for Stoops he's a former Oklahoma guy he's up there he could probably, um, you know, 3x, 4x his salary. And, I mean, I might as well just continue with wide receivers while I am at it. Let's see who we got here. Uh, so Khalil Lewis, Cam Phillips, and Sammy Coates are all members of Houston. Uh, so basically... Houston has June Jones calling their plays. If you don't know who June Jones is, he is, um, you know, an air raid, run and shoot type offensive coordinator. I think there's going to be a lot of completions to go around in Houston. So I think mixing in those three receivers is very smart. There should be a lot of pass attempts in Houston. That would mean that P.J. Walker, he's a Temple kid, um, wasn't really known for his passing prowess, but in this offense, you know, even if he scrambles a little bit, but in this offense, he should see uh, a ton of attempts. I even like, you can pair the Houston receivers with Phillip Walker, but I could really see their offense. Um, you know, I, I could see it being a situation where those three Houston receivers, two of them, you know, catch 10 passes for 80 yards or something of that nature just because of the quick pace, a uh, ton of attempts type offense that it's going to be. And then Philip Walker doesn't end up hitting value, right? Like he might complete 25 passes for 200 yards and one touchdown or something of that nature. And the only people that are really valuable, the only re- the only players that are valuable on Houston are the receivers that are catching those PPR points because he's not hitting a bonus. He's not throwing a ton of touchdowns. I can absolutely see that being the case. In fact, I'll have some PJ Walker, but I'll have way more of his receivers based on how that offense is going to run. 
as far as the New York Guardians and the Tampa Bay Vipers. Um, obviously, Mikhail McKay, Cincinnati product, played a ton of him in CFB DFS. Bigger guy, should see a lot of end zone targets if the Guardians move the ball. <clears throat> also like Colby Pearson as well. And then on the Viper side, they really are kind of thin at wide receiver. I think Nick Truesdale, who was their number one pick, tight end. You don't necessarily need to play a tight end in this XFL uh, format, but he's probably going to be their de facto tight end. He flashed he had, he, in the AAF a little bit, so he, I think he'll be their, their top dog in terms of targets, uh, especially in the red zone. So I like those three pass catchers as well. And then both quarterbacks in this game intrigued me as well. Um, Aaron Murray <clears throat> played well in the AAF and is the, I believe he's the all-time leading passer in the SF, in the SEC, or at least at Georgia for sure. Um, he is a talented quarterback, right? He's one of the more talented arms in this XFL. Uh, so, but the only problem is the Guardians have a really solid secondary, so I'm a little bit hesitant to pull the trigger on him. Matt McGloin, he, for some reason, he is one of the most polarizing figures um, in professional football. You know, you, you say his name, some people are fond of him, mostly Raiders fans who watched him carve up the Texans in his first ever start. You know, the Texans had a really good defense that year. McGloin was thrown into the starting role. <clears throat> Most people don't remember it. Google his highlights from his first start ever against the Texans. He absolutely went into Reliance Stadium and lit them on fire. Three touchdown passes. Um, but struggled for the most part, in his professional career to get on the field uh, behind Derek Carr. 11 touchdowns, 11 picks. I'm partial to Matt McGloin. We share the same high school alma mater. Um, he was winding down his high school career as I was getting into teaching. Our cross passed uh, when he was in high school. We actually share a mutual friend at this point. Uh, so, uh, you know, six degrees of separation for Matt McGloin. I don't really know him personally, um, but you know, coming from the same area, being around a lot of the people who know him, uh, can't help but root for the kids. So I do have some bias there. He'll be in some of my lineups. And to be honest, he's a pretty talented, uh, he has a pretty talented arm. He's not mobile. He's not really tall. He has some of the, um, doesn't have, I guess I should say some of the, you know, specs that you would want to see in a fantasy quarterback. But he could, I could definitely see him um, turning in a workman-like, you know, 250 and 2 type game. The problem is he is pretty pricey on DraftKings. Um, so I won't have a ton of him, but, you know, I have to have a little bit of that hometown bias in my lineup, uh, unfortunately. That's the way it's going to go. Um, you know, you always say you don't have a ton of bias uh, when you're rostering DFS players, but can't help it in this case. He will be on a few of my lineups. All right. Let's talk about one more quarterback. Eh, no, you know what? I'm not going to dig down any further. I said, you know, Philip Walker's a decent play. Aaron Murray, Matt McGloin, Cardo Jones. That's probably the only players that I will be getting to. Um, as far as some other cheaper um, receivers. I like Flynn Nagel. Uh, I like Jalen Tolliver. I like Freddie Martino. And I like Tio Redding. Tao Redding. Those three guys are really cheap, and I think they will be 
pretty solid plays. Um, And then for the all-important running back position, I think I'm going to try to jam in two expensive running backs on my team. Um, You know, everybody is head over heels with how the passing games are going to be in the XFL, and I think it will be wise to roster some running backs uh, on this slate. Now, I can't say for sure that I know any of these teams are going to be run heavy or anything like that, Um, but I know that most lineups constructed on these slates are only going to have one expensive running back, at least I think. You know, everything is revolving around the pass game. Like, everybody is going crazy over Houston's run and shoot. Everyone is going crazy over uh, the receivers on this slate because people like to see the pass game. Let's let's be honest. They don't want to see a guy pounded up the middle 20 times in a game, and I don't know if that's going to happen, um, but I think that rostering running backs will at least get us some that was somebody pulled out in front of me. I'm going to just, you know, just had to give them the old little like, hey, what's going on here? What are you doing, guy? Type of honk at them. Um, you know, just some of the some of the glitches, some of the hitches that we see in the NFL Ride in DFS podcast. Not seen on any other podcast. Don't have any internet issues, but do have, you know, just issues in vehicles. All right, so. The running backs that I will be targeting in the upper price range are obviously Jarrell Presley. Love him. I think DC really handles Seattle, so I like that pairing, the the DC defense and Jarrell Presley. Um, Cameron Artis Payne is in somewhat of a thin backfield for Dallas, uh, so I like Cameron Artis Payne and Elijah Hood in LA. So those are the three guys I'm going to concentrate on. I'm, I'm kind of going to leave Christine Michael out. I think everybody's in love with his spark score and in love with how well he played in the NFL. Um, going to leave him out of it, I, I believe. Uh, maybe have a sprinkling, but not too much. In the middle, uh, I think Tim Cook for the Guardians. You know, Kevin Gilbride's probably going to play a somewhat of uh, a balanced approach. So I like Tim Cook there. He's kind of a, a bulldozer type player. Um, if you think that this Seattle game could get a little bit closer, I think Donnell Pumphrey could get some run, could catch some passes. And the way this game, the way the, the game, the XFL game is kind of meant to be fast-paced, I think we could see a lot of, of substituting, and I think we could see a lot of um, secondary receivers and running backs getting into the game. So I like Donnell Pumphrey as well. Um, also on the Guardians, Darius Victor. So obviously, be smart. I, I said that I like to. Pl- I'm going to play a little bit of Matt McGloin. I obviously probably won't play the running backs uh, when I play Matt McGloin. Um, so just be smart about your lineup creation. Stack up your running back, or excuse me, stack up your wide receivers and uh, your quarterbacks. Because if one of these games shoot out, shoots out, you're probably going to have to have three or four guys from that game. Um, and then also Jaquan Gardner in Seattle. He is very very cheap, and he probably will see uh, some passes out of the backfield if that game script goes the way that we think. Now, guys, listen, I'm sure I missed uh, a little bit or missed a guy here or there. Don't. This was just meant to be a general overview. I'll probably be more in-depth 
next week when we get a little bit more information. This week is like just nobody knows who's going to be on the field. Um, so take everything, take all information this week with a grain of salt. Diversify. You know, I would, if I were you, I would put in multiple, multiple lineups, you know, at least 20. Try to mix and match. Try to be, uh, you know, diverse in, in how you are setting your lineups. Don't have too much of one guy. I think I'll probably only go 50% tops on any one player. I think I forgot to mention Nelson Spruce. Love Nelson Spruce as well. Just throwing that in there. Um, but this week is kind of just like a feel-it-out week. I wouldn't play uh, anybody uh, too much in terms of allotment of ownership. Uh, but good luck. And I'll be back next week. And as things kind of shake out and we see how the XFL is going to work, how substitutions are going to work, how players are getting uh, usage and playing time, we'll definitely be able to uh, kind of nail it a little bit better. Good luck. All I see is dollar sign